The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We are excited and happy to be here with you on this Monday morning and for another week of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. They just keep letting us come back. It's exciting. It's good news. We appreciate that. I'm not sure what their options are from 9 to 11. I mean... There, there's probably somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but those people, you know what they won't have? Us. They won't have Chip Walters at 10 o'clock every Monday morning. But we do. We oh. have Chip Walters. And it's much in part thanks to our friend Blake Kelly mm-hmm. and his law offices, where he specializes in accident and injury law, covering the mid-state area. If you need an accident or injury lawyer, we hope you don't, but if you do, <laughs> that's right. We hope you don't, but if you do, just call Blake. You can find him at 615-305-4539 or on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's ask Mr. Chip Walters how he's feeling today and how his weekend went. Chip, good morning. Well, first of all, you're going to blame Blake Kelly for this. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> so, I'm not. We're crediting Blake credit uh, Blake oh, Kelly for okay. this. Yeah, it's, it, it's all about the it's all about the cho- the choosing of your words, it's right? The Mo? characterizing, absolutely, absolutely, well, yes. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, I was, somebody asked me that exact same question a little bit. It's like uh, it's like almost like take you know you're taking a deep breath today. You're you're kind of catching your breath after. Uh, as you know, so much stuff has been going on the last few weeks in particular and, uh, just, you know, busy and in, in so many different, different ways. But, uh, you know, basketball season is, is over after, uh, after the women's game yesterday against Tennessee, great first half plus, uh, in that one and Tennessee's length and depth, uh, took over in that one and you knew going in that was going to be the biggest issues you were going to have and uh, but they you know I thought middle played extremely well and extremely hard for for 30 minutes and coach Ensel didn't typically go too deep on his bench and and that may have showed a little bit as well in the second half but uh, you know Tennessee's a really good team and Kelly's got them playing well at the right time I think that Tennessee was a tough draw for them, Chip, for those two particular reasons. I mean, their their length and their depth. And as you said, Rick doesn't go very deep. I think he goes typically maybe one off the bench, maybe two. And, you know, Tennessee's as deep as anybody. And 
once they packed back in that zone and started shutting off the driving lanes for Anastasia, it, offense got really tough. They struggled on the boards. You knew they were going to. And, and like I said, I just think Tennessee was a bad matchup for them on top of everything else. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and, and you know, and Kelly, uh, Harper talked in the post game that, you know, she felt like that exactly what you mentioned, that what they did defensively in the third quarter uh, changed the, the complexion of the game and, and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, strangled Middle's offense a good bit. But, uh, you know, and the, the other thing I thought she said was, was pretty interesting, at least the way that I took it, is that, uh, you know, she talked about it being a, a long time coming, uh, you know, since they haven't played each other in 40 years in the tournament. Uh, but uh, they also have not played uh, each other uh, since Pat was head coach, and I, I kind of got the feeling from mm-hmm. some inferences in her post game that 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 could possibly change. That would be awesome. That would be awesome if that did change. Um, and hopefully, if it does change, it would be some sort of a home and home that would have the Lady Vols come into the glass house. Yeah, at correct. Some point. And 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 uh, uh, you know that's uh, and, and then uh, you know I think you know you have. You've got a lot of things to hang your hat on for for that uh, for everybody to you know to say okay yeah that should happen whether it's a straight one for one and, and Coach Ensel has has stood has stood strong about not you know he's played a you know really good non conference schedule over the you know since he's been here mm-hmm. this past year you know they it got gutted uh, early on you know Louisville Kentucky VCU all games that were on the schedule uh, went away but. But uh, he he is you know he's held to his guns and and said yeah we'll play you uh, but but you got to come to our place too and 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 middle has a, a good enough road or a good enough track record uh, in those non conference games over the years to uh, you know to to justify that for the other schools out of the power fives I mean and it all goes back to Brenda Freeze and Maryland who came in I guess right around his first or second year uh when he put that that schedule together and mm-hmm. and uh it was kind of funny it, that and that game went right down to the buzzer and and Maryland ended up winning but uh she kind of grinned and said never again uh because <laughs> <laughs> so but uh you know there's you know you have to tip your hat to Jeff Walls at Louisville and and uh and and in Kentucky and and those who over the years have been you know stalwarts on the non-conference schedule and it's a good good game for them good games for middle so we'll uh that I'm, I'm sure that will continue and and uh you know the Vandy game was Vandy was supposed to have been on the schedule for the first time in what 25 years this past year and that mm-hmm. game went away so we'll see if it gets back for next year and and uh, and again, see if uh, the Lady Vols are on there. So I think that'll happen. And uh, but uh, it, it probably took uh, a matchup in the tournament to get that moving again. Well, I think there are two things that kind of play into that, Chip. When you talk about the non-conference home schedule that Middle Tennessee State has been able to put together under Rick Ensel, I think one of those is the tradition and the history of MTSU women's basketball. I mean, I specifically remember when we were there, mm-hmm. when Ole Miss and Georgia. Both came in there. Oh, yeah. Andy Landers made numerous trips. Yeah. I mean, Andy, Van Chancellor. I mean, you know, 
middle was right there you know with with some of those sec teams back at that time of course that's back in the stone ages but anyway but um and then rick and the cachet that he carries in the women's basketball world i mean as they mentioned during the telecast yesterday he's a he's a hall of famer i mean um and i think it's a little easier for him to have those conversations than with a lot of your other quote mid-major coaches I think you're right, and uh, and 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 it, it is, you know, uh, especially with uh, some of the younger coaches, uh, you know, you, you to come kiss the ring, uh, so to speak. But uh, you know, he is he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, all the wins, you know, throughout his career, and he's the winningest. You know, in a in a program that has won a lot of games over a lot of years at Middle, he's you know the winningest coach at Middle, uh, and not just counting his Shelbyville days, but but uh, you know he he's won more than Larry Joe Inman, he's won more than Lewis Bivens, uh, you know, and and Stephanie Smith had great tournament runs uh, in in a shorter amount of time, but but he is uh, he's at the top of the list uh, for wins on all of those great coaches over the years i thought it was interesting um they threw up a graphic and this isn't an mtsu related graphic but um from yesterday's game um kelly harper is one of two women's basketball coaches to take four different teams to the ncaa tournament the other being jim foster that's Hmm. um pretty solid company there i think for kelly so um hopefully they can build off this win over mtsu and and continue to do some good things it's been a little while since they've been to the sweet 16 and hopefully they can um i mean since they knocked us out they might as well go on and win the dang thing right yeah that's right i mean you uh you you can kind of look at you know the makeup of her roster this year and and uh and and see that uh and pardon the pun that brick by brick or uh they are, you know, getting back, you know, with their roster management to the type of, you know, imposing group of players that they, you know, had year in, year out under under Pat Summit and 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 Holly, you know, still recruited well when she was the head coach. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a natural fit and 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 and. Uh, Kelly is uh, Kelly. It's funny, you know. You and I both watched her play in high school, and her brother as well. And uh, and and now to see, you know how she, how she has come, you know, along in her career, and and she's exactly where she needs to be right now. And and they have the exact coach they need to have, uh, in in my opinion. Uh, and 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 she, it's just only going to get better for them. Yeah. Um... They made mention yesterday on the telecast that someone, and I can't remember who it was, had said that she was probably the closest to a facsimile of Pat Summit of any former UT women's basketball player in terms of, you know, potential coaching. And so um, for her to be there and and having been Pat's former point guard just kind of feels like an extension of Pat that, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, point guards make great coaches just like uh, catchers make great baseball coaches. And, uh, and and when you can have that extension on the floor, you know, even in her playing days, 
same goes for quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and I, I think immediately about you know Brent Stockstill and how he was an extension of his dad on the field. Kelly was. Uh, uh, the extension of, of her de facto mom and and head coach uh, on the court, so it's going to be exciting for them. And she uh, and she certainly uh, you know uh, portrays them in a in a very very good light. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I don't want to switch subjects, but I do want to switch subjects because I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that one you're talking about broadcasts, uh, Mo, and we got to hear. Chip's wonderful voice on the my, my TV 30 over the weekend championship game broadcast. So that was a lot of fun for you. You know, sure. you got to listen to it. I, I I don't remember where I was. I did not watch that game, but I have said, and I've told Chip this, I think Chip Walters and Kyle Turnham are one of the best listens in college basketball period. And I, I think, I, I think the chemistry that they've got, uh, you can tell that they're friends, that they don't just show up at the game, do what they do, and leave. <laughs> you know, uh, I just I just think even if I wasn't necessarily a fan of the Blue Raiders, but I am, <laughs> I would I would listen to these guys. So, Get, and I'm sure they did a great job on Saturday. But we had yeah we had two games on Saturday, and uh, uh, you, we had the we had Class A which was MAHS, and I will go on record as I had never heard of the Memphis Academy of Health Sciences. Neither had prior, Chris. Don't feel bad. this weekend. <laughs> Mine. And, uh, and I was thinking, is you, you know, I thought it was, you know, UT Memphis, are they playing here? <laughs> but, no, it was uh, – but, you know, the, they were a talented group against Clay County, uh, and that was a great game. And then we had the AAA game, which uh, was Cane Ridge – and uh and and uh and Houston. Houston High School uh aka a small college team uh out there you know because they are loaded uh with with talent and uh you had uh one young man who uh who has won three straight state championships on three different <laughs> schools in Memphis uh on that roster you had uh <laughs> Only in uh, Memphis, baby. Yeah, and, and he was uh, he was the double uh, uh, A Mister Basketball at Wooddale last year, and uh, and uh, was not the winner of Mister Basketball this year. But uh, because his but teammate to, won it, correct? Uh, yeah, Mike Miller's son, uh, Mason, who's a very very good player. Um, Signed with uh, Creighton. He has committed to Creighton. Okay. Um, and uh, I can't, uh, the kid's name for uh, Mason. the one who has, oh. yeah, his name is Mason. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the one who signed with LSU, the post player, uh, he he looks Colbert? the part. Uh, yes, Colbert. Uh, he looks the part of an LSU player. Uh, and uh, Brandon Miller, no relation to Mike and Mason and mm-hmm. Maverick Miller uh, at uh, at. In, at, at Cane Ridge, he, uh, you know, this was their first real foray into the limelight, mm-hmm. and Brandon Miller gets a lot of uh, a lot of the attention, and it's well deserved. But uh, you know, uh, Marlon Sims is the head coach there. Mike Tribue is one of the assistants. Who, gosh, I've known Mike forever, and uh, but they he's not. Uh, He's not the only thing they have. He's got a, a decent 
uh, cast surrounding him, and uh, that's going to be a good group coming back because a lot of the you know the recruiting services they have Brandon Miller listed as the top junior in Tennessee right now. So he'll be coming back next year as a senior on what is already a really good ball club that made the state finals. Uh, made the state finals after playing maybe a third of the regular season because of the um, pandemic restrictions in Metro Nashville. So, um, you know, kudos to Kane Ridge. And as you mentioned, Marlon Sims, the coach of the Ravens over there, I think he's probably one of the best coaches certainly in Nashville and probably beyond. Um, well, he learned from a good one uh, mm. when he played at White's Creek under Coach Ridley. Uh, and, uh, and and speaking of that, a little trivia question I threw out uh, Saturday on, on, the, on the television was when was the last – time a metro nashville team won the triple a championship Ooh. i don't know when the last time was they won one but i know when they lost yeah 1989 i don't but, know about triple a pearl cone was the last metro team to win one they weren't triple a i don't think but they, they weren't triple a yeah, they were double a maplewood won double a in 2017 okay. but the last and then you had uh, Doc Shelton and uh, MLK in 91, I think. And they can't were- believe it's been that long, <laughs> but it has. Yeah. But the last team to win AAA, the, uh, the Pearl Tigers in 1981. Good Lord. Also coached by Coach Ridley. Correct. And they broke out the, uh, the Purina feed sack britches, you know. The uh, the checkerboard uh, pants uh, shorts for that game, and pr- and prior to that was five years earlier, uh, 1976, and Charles Davis and McGavick won it. Goodness, but uh, it's been a while. That's that is some great trivia, Mister Walters. You're kind of showing your age with it, but that's well, some great trivia. Yeah, because you because you remember being at those games. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's 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 why we have. Chip Walters with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, um, brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. Again, you can find him on Facebook, you can find him on Instagram, or you can give him a call at 615-351-605-4539. Um, Chip, before we let you go, you did a little baseball on Thursday night, made the run up to Clarksville. Um saw Jaden Ham's first victory as a Blue Raider. Correct. Did you and happen to see his first loss on Sunday? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, uh, it was, it was, you know, what, I mean, that, you talk about a great series down in Memphis over the weekend, uh, the baseball team, uh, it ended up, you know, Memphis ended up winning three of the games. Two of them were one to nothing. Uh, middle won the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday, eight to two. And then yesterday, uh, and I know this one is going to stick in Jim Toman's craw for a bit, uh, it was 1-1, then it was 2-2, and then they go to the ninth, middle goes up 4-2, and Memphis comes back, ties it in the bottom of the ninth. They go to the tenth, middle goes up 7-4, and... Memphis ties it seven seven, and then uh, and then Memphis wins it in the bottom of the eleventh, eight to seven. Let's go through this. All right, Jaden Ham comes in immediately after the three run homer in the bottom of the tenth. He gets a guy to strike out, and he gets a guy to ground out. Okay, 
So you're yep. one you're one out away. So no, that that's the three out. That he, he got the third out okay. in, in okay. the tenth. In the top of the eleventh, middle fails to score. In the bottom of the eleventh, he gets a ground out and a fly out, but loses because of the international tiebreaker. The guy was on second on the ground out. He advanced to third and he scored on the sacrifice fly. So he got four outs, an and unearned run, and a loss. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that that's that ITB, <laughs> and, and, and that's like you said, Chip. I would imagine that one will kind of stick in um in Toman's crawl right. for a minute there. It, they have no. There's no midweek game uh, this week. So they got to sit on uh, that for a week. Then huh? they open up conference play Friday night in Birmingham, and I and Chris, you may know better. I think. That series will be played at Regions Park. It is uh, Regions Field. Typically, yeah, Regions because yeah, UAB before the before the Barons start up, they typically play there. That's so, correct. Then, uh, which you know, if you know, if you want to make a good weekend trip, that that's a good one. Uh, and make the trip right at Regions because you can spread out. You can also go right across the street, and you can go to Good People Brewing. Good. Uh, people's good people brewing is right there across the street right? and yeah. and if you wanted to yep. you could probably walk over to dreamland as well it's a little bit of a walk but the walk back would probably do you good so <laughs> yeah that's correct yeah dreamland's there there's there's a lot of, birmingham's a good town it's like it's fun to go to don't mm-hmm. walk to dreamland because the last block is uphill oh <laughs> never mind <laughs> oh that is correct right. <laughs> don't do that will actually be uh yeah, either uh, either uh, Bob Jameson or Mr. Palmer will be heading down. I think Dick may, after having been on the road for two straight weeks with women's basketball, he may beg off Calm this down. weekend. And uh, but but uh, but I, I will actually be in the dimple on Saturday morning. I've got an auction down there. Hey, well, hey, if you're going to be in the dimple Saturday morning, you might want to run on out to Mount Pleasant Saturday afternoon because at three o'clock. They will be dedicating the baseball field to longtime Mount Pleasant baseball coach Eddie Bassham. Oh, and perfect. They're, they're playing Eagleville, which is coached by Eddie's son, Brandon. Yeah. So um, big doings yeah. out at the Mount Saturday afternoon if you want to run on out there. There you go. I will, I'll be on that. I will actually be on that side of town. I'll be over in Columbia Gardens. That's right near Central, so I'm not too far. There you go. Well. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, today, Chip. We appreciate your time as always. Good deal. We'll talk to you next week, boys. Sounds good. That's Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, brought to you by the Law Offices of Blake Kelly. Find him on Facebook or Instagram. Just give him a call, 615-305-4539. Sorry. I was like, wait, huh? Yeah, that was right. Uh, Just want to uh, reiterate that um, Chip does such a great job on those those high school games, uh, especially for some – you know – it's hard to do those games because you're not. It's not a team that you're typical. You're typically used to neither one of them. So you kind of have to really work hard, and he makes it seem so, you know, easy. Chip <laughs> Chip does a great job with those games. Um, Everybody does. Mike does Keith those, does a great j- job with those games when he does them, and I think it speaks to the level of professionalism that those guys bring to whatever it is that they're doing. Absolutely, no doubt. Uh, speaking of. Mike Keith, the Hall of Famer. We're efforting. We've we've got him lined up for so, a a visit to our airwaves next week. Yeah, just a heads up there. But yeah. Anyway, little tease. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk college hoops. 
on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Local high school sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. This is our number two, and if you missed any part of today's show, you can find it on the podcast. Just go to our website, sm-tnsports.com. Podcast tab is there and available for you. You can watch the show on Facebook, and you can comment. We'd love to interact with you there as well, so feel free to Shoot us a comment on Facebook Live. Um, before we get into high school hoops, or college hoops, I mean, I want to uh, talk about Shane Griffith for a minute. Can we talk about Shane Griffith? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about Shane Griffith. Shane Griffith is a name that nobody on these airwaves are probably going to know. And, until and, I, and, and let me just tell you how shocked I am that you, of the three of us in this room, are bringing up the name Shane Griffith. <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, this is just such an insane and powerful story. I mean, it's hard to miss. Shane Griffith wrestles for Stanford, kind of. <laughs> and he, Shane Griffith wrestles and is a student at Stanford. At Stanford. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, Stanford, who has a $29 billion endowment, has cut their wrestling team along with nine other sports due to, quote, financial reasons, end quote. You can insert laugh uh, track here. You ready? Yeah. There we go. Now, what was, what was that endowment again? $29 billion with a B. With a B. With a B. Okay. Now, not only do they have a $29 billion endowment. With a B. The wrestling team raised $12 million. That would have funded the team for the next 50 years. 50. 50. 5-0. Stanford has had a wrestling team for 103 years. Shane Griffith is the last Stanford wrestler that will ever wrestle. He was ranked 8th coming into the NCAA championships, where he upset number 5 and number 1 on his way to the championship match. At... 165? Uh, yes. Now, here's the cool part. Shane wore a solid black single. <laughs> no suit, no school logos. Yeah. Nothing. Stan- solid black. Stanford's colors are red and white. Now, now, I've seen conflicting reports 
because I, I I watched him wrestle in the semis on Saturday night, and they wore a black singlet. I read somewhere that they turned their singlets inside out, which I could see Stanford wearing black singlets, but I don't know if the singlets are turned inside out to cover up any logos or if they're just straight black singlets. I'm not sure, but he did wear a black singlet with no logo representing the school in Palo Alto. Well, uh, so no visible logos. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, he he wrestled in the 165. Okay. And he won the national championship <laughs> as as Stanford's program goes by the wayside despite their $29 billion endowment and $12 million raised by the wrestling team. $12 million. So they give all that $12 million back? Yeah. Did they I just, donate? I'm well, sure. They're not, they're not giving it to the school because yeah. the school won't take it. I, I'm sure it was pledges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, can we just say that Shane Griffith is incredible? Shane Griffith is incredible and Stanford is not. That's correct. Yeah. And I don't know what your reasoning is if you're cutting a program for financial reasons, somebody brings you the the finances necessary to support the program and you say I e UAB football, UAH hockey. Both of those were returned along with the other sports they cut because you can't you know, you have to title nine and whatnot. So like but still what really is bad about this situation is the way schools blame title nine for situations such as this which you are basically blaming female athletes women's sports Mm -hmm. yeah you know we would we wouldn't have cut this but you know title 9 we we've, we've got to do right by the women so you know we got to do, do right by them so yeah. we're going to cut so we're going to cut yeah <laughs> which really makes folks feel good about you know i mean it's it's just a it's a convenient scapegoat rather than them being creative and trying to figure out a way to increase opportunities by increasing opportunities for women well, that angle to this story uh, that you just proposed is very fitting and timely considering something we talked about um, last week, Thursday or Friday, at the onset of the men and women's tournament and the mm-hmm. disparity in the weight room, the food. And that story, I'm sure you guys have have, have seen, has blown up nationally um, to, to where this morning – Getting ready. It was on Good Morning America. It should have. I mean, blown it's up. it's blown up, and and so it's you know these are 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 not mutually exclusive. No, no, they're not. They're, they're, right. There's a link and a tie-in and a reason why you you kind of so. have to connect the dots yes. a little bit. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. They are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. They are part of the same issue. Yes. So let let me just throw this out at you because the NCAA who made it right, right? <laughs> well, they, well. Yeah, by by setting up a weight room that looked like a nightclub. Look, 
the girls were happy with the weight room. Obviously, it was better than what they had. They mm-hmm. were very excited to to have. What's the free crazy weights. about this is somebody said, "Well, we were planning on building out the weight room for the Sweet 16. It's like right. Why? Why not the entire? So they room? didn't need to lift. Why? Yeah, until why they got to the Sweet I, 16. What the heck? Okay. Okay. But let me just tell you, because we all know how much the NCAA uh, cares about equality and whatnot for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. See, here's the thing. <laughs> Those women got that because of TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of millions of views on a, on a video that the Oregon player put out there. And had Sedona, Sedona, what was her name? Had the video not gone viral, had they not said anything, Uh Mm -hmm. nothing happened. Because obviously they didn't set it up correctly. But they made it right. They got the women on equal playing ground as the men in Division (laughs) One. Would anybody like to see would anybody like to see side by side what Division Two's women are playing in versus what Division Two's men are playing in? Because this is a picture of Division Two's Elite Eights court. This is a picture of the Division Two women's Elite Eight court. Now we're gonna post we'll, we'll post this on uh, okay. on the website here in a minute. Here is a picture of the men's Elite Eight court in uh Division Two. This video particularly has eighteen point four thousand views. Um but so obviously not getting quite the same. Oh, they're playing in the Ford Center. These are the Division Two men. That's their Elite Eight Division Two. You know, talking about the floors, watching some of the women uh play on Sunday because of middle and in yep. Tennessee. I had Texas. that on one T V and of course had uh, the men's on another and I was like, well, that's kind of strange. They're, you know, they didn't do the floor at Texas. You may not be able to, like at middle I, at Middle Tennessee State, you can't change the floor because it's it's not it's not brought in. Does I that think, make sense? Yeah, what you they can't can do, change the floor, but you, you can, can put decals or yeah, you, you can put down. You the, can put one on top of it. Uh, yeah, but you saw the SWAC championship with that big black square. It doesn't. I'd rather just play on the regular floor. <laughs> it looks funny to me. I don't know. True, but uh, you know, the idea of and and uh, granted, um, you know, this year is different. However, it hasn't affected the look of the men's Division One tournament. Nor does it appear it's affected the look of the division, D2. the D two. Each of those are floors that you can that you build out. Yeah. They're not they're not just hardwood floors across the arena. So like at middle, the floors go. To the to the end, mm-hmm. it's painted on, the, but the floors in the in the NCAA tournament are brought in. They're they're like puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. and they put them together. That's why you point can do being, that. Yes, you you can do that on top of an existing floor. You can. Yeah, now I guess you, you could. You, you've got to build a, a little base platform. It's the same concept of how they have ice, you know, hockey and yeah, basketball sure. in the same uh, in the same building. Um, yeah. yeah. The 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 basketball floor is a puzzle. And it's put on a piece of uh, plywood, essentially, that yeah. goes on top of the ice. You could do something similar to these uh, floors to get your consistent floor look. I mean, it's sure it can be done. Mm-hmm. They chose not you chose know, not to chose not to do it. 
when, I, where where it was inconvenient, they chose not to do it. I agree completely. And the the D two thing, uh, D two women get two tickets, and uh, the D two men get about eight tickets per player. Mm. So anyway, they uh, the NCAA is never ever going to spend money that they don't think they have to. It's just amazing for a nonprofit. By it, it's amazing the inability that the NCAA continually shows to be able to get out of their own way. Well, you know, at, at every turn, and and it takes them getting embarrassed for them to fix things, whether it be you know holding up somebody's transfer, or whether it be you know not building out. You know, weight rooms for women's basketball teams in the bubble or whatever it is. They they are so reactive rather than saying, hey, you know, remember what happened last time we did this? <laughs> and <it's laughs> just, what's so crazy is like, how does that not cross your mind? How do, how do you look at that and go, yeah, that's equal? That's, yeah. Even the swag bags. And I mean, stuff that shouldn't necessarily mean anything. By their inability to grasp what it does mean, they they create their own. They are they they are captains of their own chaos. <laughs> yes, well said. They are. Yes, well said. They are. And and Mo, you you kind of led me in the direction that I wanted to to take this, and and the idea that um, you know they do this or don't do this because they can get away with it because they don't have to because society in general hasn't raised a stink enough yet. And, you know, I, I can't imagine that what we've seen this year is really any different than what we've seen in the past. For there, there just are circumstances, and there is momentum for um, things like this to raise awareness based on the year that we've had with the pandemic, with Black Lives Matter, all these different things. Uh, there is an awareness of awareness if you will and 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 an awareness of inequality yes yes that that any the the awareness of the inequality has morphed its way into somewhat mainstream finally long long overdue and i think um people you know organizations like the ncaa and others haven't made those tough decisions because they haven't been forced to you're you're absolutely right and you know sedona prince is the player from okay. oregon who whose tiktok brought all of this to light um in a public fashion dawn staley the women's basketball coach at south carolina reigning are they the reigning national uh, champions think they might be um had a tweet over the weekend and I can't remember exactly when it was that that spoke to your exact point that part of the reason this hasn't been an issue is that you know folks have just kind of become numb to it they've accepted maybe it. they've accepted it mm-hmm. and and she kind of she kind of tips her hat to Sedona Prince for you know, bringing this out, and for the folks that ha- that have, you know, continued to keep it at the forefront, 
you know, to get it on Good Morning America this yeah. morning and different things like that. You know, and and that's how that is one way change is made is is making aware the inequalities and um, we shouldn't have to. That's the problem. But but you do. (laughs) That's to the point is that as a society in in general, we you know for various different reasons. There's a lot of institutional bias, racism. I mean, all of that. That's just you're kind of you're kind of born into to some degree with the way society works. Um, and it, in order to change, you got to buck the system and it's not easy to buck the system and you got to make aware and, uh, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of people. And there is a swell of that right now. And I think ultimately it will be, hopefully some positive will come out of this. Um, but you're right, Chris, that it shouldn't take something like this, but, but it does. And it will, uh, and, and it, it will and continue. It always to. will. Let's let's hope it. Yep. Because you know people are people are so comfortable with status quo. Yep. That you have to make them uncomfortable in order to bring change about. Because the people that are benefiting from status quo certainly aren't going to say, "Yeah, whoa, this isn't right. It's working for me." So, and that's all. Why, that am, I gonna, why am I going to change this? There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a yeah. Anyway. All right, we got to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have to talk about NCAA basketball because <laughs> we got to talk. We got to give an update on the bracket challenge on Ooh. Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. We Chris. will need to talk some Titans, though, or maybe. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are coming to you live from the Front Porch Radio Studios on West 7th in Columbia, Tennessee. Thanks for hanging out with us. Going to talk about uh, the ESPN Bracket Challenge that we have on ongoing right now. Brought to you by our friends at Amigos Mexican Grill. Three great locations, Spring Hill, Lewisburg, and Chapel Hill. Make sure to go find uh, your favorite location and let them know the guys at southern middle tennessee sports sent you because we're going to tell you some great queso some great margaritas and the sm-tn sports challenge leading the way 30 points ahead of the i'm sorry is it 30 points no 10 points ahead of the next person is coach mike Kelly coaches guesses. So, well done. His champion is Gonzaga. Uh, in second place is Beesball. Scott Beasley. 
Scott Beasley. He is in second with uh, Jed, who is, I assume, my Your close guy. friend, my close friend Jed Glover, who is oh, okay. an Oklahoma not, State guy. Okay, so not um, not the dude from oh, it very well. Oh, I think you know what I think that is. That's exactly who that is. That is uh, what is his last name? I can't think Douglas. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. Jed Douglas. That's who that because Big Bambinos. That makes more sense. Yep, Jed Douglas in second place and Hoka Hay. I don't know who Hoka Hay is. It's somebody from Mount Pleasant. I don't know if it's um. Surely it's not Bronson Bradley. Fourth. Well, tied for second. Yeah. In the bracket challenge. Yeah, it could be. It could, could be. It could be Bronson. Uh, Mo and I are tied at 16th. <laughs> JP Buckets in 11th, along with Landon Seacrest. But Landon's champ is. Landon's out. champ is gone. Your champ is gone. That's correct. You have a weird champion, Mo, and you probably are the smartest one of us all. Because in this weird year, Florida State has just as good of a chance as anybody. Leonard Hamilton's going to win a national championship and retire. <laughs> one can only hope. One can only hope. So, uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the bracket challenge. It's uh, Last night, big win for Oral Roberts over Florida. Big win for all Tennessee fans and SEC fans alike uh, as Florida goes down. <laughs> Can't, and nobody's upset about that in this state, I'm sure. Um, Just the second 15 seed to make it in Sweet 16, by the way. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And as was being pointed out on Twitter last night, the last 15 seed to make it to a Sweet 16. Went um, to the Final Four? No, I don't remember. They how got far to the they, eight. No, um, Florida Gulf Coast. I think they That's got it. to the eight, didn't and, they? And and Andy Enfield was at Southern Cal probably before Gulf Coast got back to campus. So yeah. um, the coach at ORU might have made a little money last night. Yeah, and and, so- and, and played his way out of Tulsa, which if you've been to Tulsa. <laughs> Is never a bad thing. Not a bad thing. I have not been to Tulsa. A few places. I have been to Tulsa. I like Tulsa. I think Tulsa is great. Um, I hadn't stayed a a long time. I hadn't stayed a long time though. Um, They get Arkansas in the Sweet Sixteen. A little, a little surprised at Syracuse. That's funny because the last time I went to Arkansas, I flew into Tulsa and drove over. Oh wow, that's funny. So well, it's not it's not a hard drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other surprises that that just like blew you away from last night or yesterday? No, I I, I don't think so. I, not I mean, outside of what we just because we talked yeah. we talked about it with Landon. We you know we didn't think Loyola was a pushover. I don't know that I expected Syracuse. I didn't expect to Syracuse handle its either. business the way they did. Not the way they played in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. and yet, <laughs> how cool! Is, how cool is that though for uh, I, for his kid. They really should yeah. look into this. I hear that that Syracuse coach is having a relationship with one of his players' mothers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's a, that, I, I think on. that one falls under um, what is it? You're not you're not Pre- getting uh, <laughs> yeah. any any reaction on on this little buttons for that one. I, I, I think that's a pre-existing relationship. Oh. I think he's okay even with the NCAA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how about this bracket? This Midwest bracket: eight, twelve, eleven, two. 
It's wild, man. You know, and and it's oh. only going to get wilder. So we've got Jerry Palm from CBS Sports, our bracketologist. He's going to join us in the second hour tomorrow, and we're going to talk about is this bad seating? Is it poor seating? We'll find out tomorrow. Check us out. If you miss any part of today's show, it's on the podcast. SM-TNSports.com is where you can find all of that. Podcast tab, any uh, first hour, second hour, whatever. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m., talking high school sports, college hoops, Titans, and more. Thanks to our friends at Amigos Mexican Grill for sponsoring our bracket challenge this year. And we will look forward to talking more high, uh, college sports tomorrow after the Sweet 16 is fully set. This has been Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Thank you guys for hanging out with us again. SM-TNSports.com, Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports, and Instagram at SM underscore TN Sports. For producer JP Plant, my co-host Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yow staying. Have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool